It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 Three one three eight one four five six seven, or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And I don't know if I can open a program like this without any technical difficulties tonight. <laughs> so I hope you didn't, Where, I hope you didn't start something then when you said that. Because <laughs> well, so far, nothing has gone wrong tonight. So uh, that's that's unusual, and I hope we haven't just caused ourselves a world of trouble by saying so. Welcome to the Virtual Bible Study. This is the Virtual Bible Study for September 16th, 2010. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is here. Hello, Dad. Jacob, great to be with you. And a sort of calm, peaceful atmosphere in the Virtual Bible Study room tonight. It is. And Dan is behind the controls. Dan rushed here from a Cub Scout meeting to help out tonight. Dan, uh, looking okay over there? All right. And uh, we're looking forward to hearing from you at 877-381-4567. Email questions at collegeview.com. We're looking forward to hearing from you on the program tonight. One uh, new feature that we'd like to add uh, to the program, Dad, is a is a way that we can remind our listeners uh, that the program's about to start. It's easy to get wrapped up with things that are going on around the house maybe on Thursday night at 8.30, and uh, we've got a way that yeah, we, 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 we mentioned. That's yeah. right. We mentioned this a couple weeks ago, but then we forgot to sort of follow up and push the idea a little bit. And so let's let's talk about it here, and we'll try to remind you by email in upcoming in our upcoming updates but if you would like to get a phone call 5 to 10 minutes no, no not a phone call a phone text message text message on your cell phone a, a, a text message on your cell phone uh, 5 or 10 minutes before the program starts if you will send us your cell phone number of course including area code and tell us who your cell phone provider is we will build a, a mailing list where we will send you just a brief text message. You only get one a week from us if you if you want us to do that, and we'll just we'll just give you a little beep just before the program starts to remind you. Because I know I think what commonly happens is that people just forget to tune in. They mm-hmm. they intend to, and then they get doing something, and they, and they look up, and it's it's time for the program to be over already before they remember to turn it on. All right. So if you'd like to be informed on your cell phone via text message a few minutes before the program, send us again your cell phone number and your provider, your cell phone carrier, and we'll be able to send you a text message uh, every week. Yeah, we'd love to do that and, and to hope that it would remind you to get to the computer and get it turned on. All right. And, and also, Jacob, uh, before we get into the, tonight's program, on the website, there's a, a new link we put just below. If you went to the virtualbiblestudy.com, there's a new link just below our little video window where you can go to our show page and at the show page, then you'll have the option of joining the chat room. So uh, check that out. You may may find that a little easier way to get to our chat room. All right. While we're talking about new things, we also have a new program coming uh, in a few weeks. Yeah, we, we're kind of excited about a new opportunity for our young people here at College View. Jacob, you're going to be teaching a series of lessons entitled Back to Basics, just mm-hmm. basic fundamental Bible truths, how to study the Bible, how to establish Bible authority, some things like that, what uh, God-ordained worship and so forth, those kind of lessons. You're going to teach that on Sundays to our young people. Mm-hmm. And then on Wednesday night, the young men of that class are going to try to present a 30-minute program based on what they studied Sunday. 
do a little 30-minute uh, video broadcast of that. We'll put it on Ustream, uh, and we'll try to also have it available just before our program on Thursday nights. But we're looking forward to that and hope that our young people will get some good experience All in right. doing that. And the, and the older in the audience as well would benefit, I think, from uh, listening to that. And so we hope you'll uh, be excited about that. In a few weeks, we'll begin that. All right. Interesting topic planned for tonight. Yeah, we were talking uh, just last week, in fact, to our friend Clay Gentry, who told me about a book that he had recently read by a, a denominational author, author named Mark Atterbury. And I, just the title of it just intrigued me, and I thought it would make an interesting discussion. The title of his book is The Ten Dumbest Things Christians Do. And so this fellow, Mark Atterbury, has written a whole book on that subject, we thought our listeners would probably have lots of suggestions as to what are the dumb things Christians do because we all, unfortunately, from time to time, do dumb things. And what we hope is not just to identify how stupid we are sometimes, but to talk about how we can learn from those mistakes and avoid repeating. We're not just going to wallow in it tonight. That's right. All right. Uh, Hopefully this will be a constructive program. We look forward to hearing from you at 877-381-4567. Email questions at collegeview.com. Or if you'd like, join in the chat room with other listeners tonight. Uh, Jack in Hampshire, Tennessee is in the chat room, and Anthony in Columbia, Tennessee, and others will join as the program goes on. And some anonymous listeners, you can't chat if you're without a username tonight, but hopefully before long. You'll be able, we'll be able to turn that uh, that uh, moderation off where you can chat without a username. But uh, in the meanwhile, the tonight. in the meanwhile, it costs nothing and is very simple to set you up an account, and that helps us. By the way, if you have an account with and and you have some, you don't have to use your real names. You use some pen name, but at least we can identify who's who's chatting back and forth. If you'll do that, so just get yourself a little free login there at uh, ustream.tv and every week you can get in there and participate in the chat room. Speaking of free, we have a free update list every week that uh, you send out the topic on Thursday and uh, you let people know what's going to happen and then you also send out some questions and you send out some questions a day as well. Yeah, you're calling that, you've been calling that Greg's list. Yes, it is. Because uh, I maintain that list. Yes. Uh, several hundred people uh, on our list to get our updates each week. And if you'd like to be on our update list so that you know what our program is going to be about, usually just shortly after noon on Thursday, we send out an update telling you about our our subject for the night and also giving you an opportunity to start responding to some of the questions we want to deal with during our broadcast. And so if you want to be on that list, just send us an email to questions at collegeview.com and put in the subject line, add me to the list, and uh, we'd be glad to, to do that. So, uh, uh Please do so. Uh, here are the questions we sent out earlier today. Uh, just two, but I think important ones. The first one is a four-parter, though. Give us your list of the dumbest things Christians do in each of these categories and explain why each thing on your list is dumb and what, the, what are the consequences of each. First of all, in our personal lives. Secondly, in our physical families. Thirdly, in the church. And fourthly, in our communities. So what are the dumb things Christians do in, in their personal lives, in their family lives, in the church, and in the community? Four areas. If you've got some ideas, and I've I got to believe that surely everybody listening has got some ideas about some dumb things Christians do in those various realms. So uh, tell us what, the, what do you think those are and why. And then the second question we want to deal with is what suggestions do you have for avoiding the dumb things in the future? That's important. I think that's really important. If we don't learn from our mistakes, then 
What's the use? All right, 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. We're joining the chat room. We're looking forward to hearing from you tonight. Uh, send us just uh, just a quick little uh, point or two. Don't, uh, you don't have to compose a long email, but let us know your thoughts. We'd love for you to join in the, call, uh, the discussion tonight. Call us on the phone. It's toll-free. And uh, we can take your comment immediately. Let's, let's start with Anthony. Anthony's yeah. in the chat room, and Anthony also sent us an email giving us some ideas. Of, <coughs> excuse me, of some of the dumb things we do. He said the list could get long, and uh, certainly it could. But in the, for the first one, the, the the dumb things that we do in our personal lives. Number one, put material things before God. Anybody, <laughs> we, we, um, we probably all have done that at times. Well, I think that that Anthony has hit upon what is one of the greatest challenges of living in the modern day, and that is our prosperity. We live in the most prosperous time in the history of the world, and we live in the most prosperous place in the history and time of the world. And that being the case, (coughs) excuse me, that being the case, then we are very tempted with materialism. And the Bible warns about that a lot. Over and over again. First Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. Charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches. There would be that putting those riches before God. Uh, but in the living God, who giveth us richly all things to, jo- to enjoy, that they do good, they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate, laying <coughs> up and store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. Uh, the rich people there were warned that these things can crowd out God, and you've got to make sure if you've got possessions, which we do in America, that you don't allow them to get in the way of God. Okay. Uh, Jesus, uh, here's another plain passage. Jesus said in Luke chapter 12, verse 15, Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of things which he possesses. You know, it's significant to me that Jesus warned in that time frame, when you, when you know that the standard of living and the, material oppor- the materialistic opportunities that people uh, had and were challenged with, way less than ours. Sure. And yet Jesus saw that it was such a danger, and the, and the scriptures are just full of warnings about materialism and covetousness, that you've got to believe that warnings for us are, are certainly prudent. And I think a lot of people are... Uh, make the dumb mistake of falling for the materialistic things of this world. Colossians 3, verse 5, it says, Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Paul said covetousness, an inordinate desire for the things of this world, is a form of idolatry. We don't bow down before idols typically these days, as the pagans did in the past, but we have our idol when we allow materialism to rule our lives. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, beginning verse 19, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. We need to make sure that we keep our treasure in heaven, and it's easy for our treasure to begin to shift our focus and our priorities begin to shift, as Anthony reminds us of tonight. By so, the way, we got a, go ahead. We got an email from uh, Arthur in Cullioka, Tennessee. He says we're coming in loud and clear. He was having a lot of trouble last week, well, so we're glad that it's working this he week. He was, and uh, there was a story behind that. But uh, we had some we had some internet thieves nearby, or, yeah. or cable television thieves at least that were interrupting our internet signal. But they have been. Uh, yeah, we we found out last week. We with all the trouble we thought we our our host uh, UStream TV was giving us trouble. It was actually our own internet connection because some uh, uh, unscrupulous people who live not too far from here had hacked into the cable TV lines 
to get free cable TV, and they'd put so much noise on the line that it was throwing our signal And that had been going on for weeks, so that yeah. may have been some of our technical problems throughout time. All right, thank you, Anthony, for the first point. The second point Anthony mentions is uh, the stupid thing or dumb thing that we do is we compromise our morals and beliefs to fit in. And certainly that is a temptation for, for all of us, I think. Yeah, uh, th- there's a strong temptation for all, for all of us to not want to be different. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is if we're going to live like the Lord tells us to live, we are going to be different. It's unavoidable, and, and we need to just accept that reality. We are going to be different. We are not going to ultimately blend in with a wicked society. Think what the society is. And if we're trying to blend it's in impossible. with it, then we can't be the servants of God if we're trying to blend in with the wickedness that's going on All in our right. Paul wrote in Romans 12, verse 2, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove that which is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Uh, we must not be conformed. And the uh, conforming is a passive uh, action there. Being transformed is an active if we're going to be different from the world, if we're not going to compromise, it's going to take effort on our parts. We're not going to uh, just be able to go with the flow. We're going to have to stand up and be different. Uh, and, and I think uh, Anthony's next point is, is very closely associated with that. Try to be as much like the world as we can be without crossing the line. Uh, that, that's that business of trying to fit in. That's dumb. You can't do that and be a faithful Christian, and there's no use to even try that. When there's a point of danger, you don't try to see how close you can get to it. You try to see how far away from it you can stay. And, and concerning spiritual dangers, it's, it's dumb. It's just absolutely foolish to see how close we can get to sin without committing the sin. Because really the only way we know how close we can get is when we ultimately end up falling off the cliff and committing the sin. We need to stay just as far back and as far removed from sin as we possibly can, as, as Anthony says, it's dumb to do otherwise. Okay. Uh, and quickly before we go to our break, Anthony mentioned something else he believes is dumb, and that is getting into debt. Um, and certainly uh, is an interesting point there. I don't know that the Scriptures would condemn all debt, but I think it would condemn a lot of debt even a lot of debt maybe that Christians get into, because I think it, this ties in with his first point. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think so. a lot of debt is driven by covetousness. A lot of people are going into debt because they're not following the instructions of Hebrews 13, verse 5, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. Yeah. A lot of people have trouble being content, no and therefore they're getting into debt uh, to get things that they, they don't I, have. I think you're right, and I think Anthony makes a good point. Uh, I, I would agree with you. It's not a sin necessarily to be in debt, but I do think that Christians because of covetousness and materialism, allow themselves to get in so much debt, then, then they can't do other good things that they ought to be doing. Right. And even in the matter of contributing to the work of the local church, mm-hmm. they're not able to give like a Christian should because they've overburdened themselves with all kinds of debts to pay off. Uh, that's that's not getting the job done, and that is dumb. And finally, Anthony says, we're going to have to hurry, but Anthony says finally, Choosing a job or a line of work that puts a yoke around our spiritual life. I think a lot of Christians do that, too. Boy, uh, what's he got there for us? Five really good suggestions of dumb things that Christians do. But you see Christians who almost act like their job is their religion. It comes first. It's more important to them than anything else. That We understand. Second Thessalonians 3, verse 10. If any man won't work, neither should he eat. we got to work. we got to provide for our own. First Timothy 5, verse 8. Yep. But... If we make that a priority higher than God, then we've done wrong. God, uh, Jesus said in Matthew 6, verse 33, Seek ye first, seek ye first 
the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and these other things will be added unto you. we got to have our priority on that matter right. The things that will be added to us are the things that we need. And so the we've necessity. got to keep God first, and then he will allow us to be able to provide for our own. He'll provide for the needs that we have if we'll keep God first. We need to take a break. We're overdue. And during the break, we hope you'll get your comments in, 877-381-4567. Email questions at collegeview.com or join in the chat room. And the ability to comment without a username has now been activated. The moderation is off. You can comment without a username in the chat room. No moderator, so you got to behave yourself. Uh, that's right. Uh, get your comments in now. We'll take a break and be back right after this. Don't touch that mouse. The Virtual Bible Study will be back right after this. I'm Greg Gwynn, a host of the Virtual Bible Study. Thanks for joining us for tonight's program. The Virtual Bible Study is presented weekly by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Each week on the Virtual Bible Study, we simply engage in the study of God's Word in an effort to better understand it, better understand how God views us, and better understand what He wants from us in our lives. We're not studying any creeds. We're not studying any books written by men. We're just studying the Bible. And we're trying to study the Bible alone without any of our opinions or wisdom mixed in. We're only interested in what our Creator has revealed to us in his word. We realize that we're fallible and cannot direct our own steps. As a result, what we think or feel doesn't really matter. All that matters is what God has said. So that's what the virtual Bible study is all about. It's pretty simple, isn't it? Thanks again for joining us tonight, and we will hope you'll make plans to join us every Thursday night for the virtual Bible study. My name is Alex Dvorak, reminding you to listen to the virtual Bible study every Thursday night at 8 o'clock Central Time. Missed a recent virtual Bible study program? Listen to any of our past programs from the archive section of our website. Now, back to the virtual Bible study. Welcome back to the program tonight. We're glad that you're listening to the virtual Bible study. We're looking forward to hearing from you as we talk about dumb things that Christians do. And certainly, Anthony's enumerated uh, several, and we have several in our chat room that have enumerated some. Uh, Jack in Hampshire, Tennessee, says, uh, uh, one dumb thing is we get too excited without all the facts. Jack, I agree. I don't know how many times I've personally had to deal with situations where Christians got all bent out of shape and completely distraught and come to find out they didn't even know. They were mad about something that wasn't even so, that wasn't even uh, that hadn't even happened, or whatever had happened, they had misconstrued it or misunderstood it, and they didn't, if they'd had their facts together, if they'd taken the time to stop and back up and get their facts, then uh, they would have, wouldn't have had that trouble. We're going to talk a little bit more along those lines. We want to talk... Uh, the the dumb things we do in the church. We want to talk about that sort of thing in a minute. Uh, let, let's quickly get Eric from Minnesota, who talks about some of the I don't dumb things. They say Minnesota up there. Well, I don't think you've got to say it differently if you're from oh, Minnesota. Well, I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, Thank you for listening, Eric, and for your comments. Uh, he says uh, dumb things we do in our personal lives. We stop reading our Bibles. Once we stop taking in the Word of God in our lives, we begin to die spiritually. What else could be a more dumb move to make? I think he's right. That's spiritual nourishment. You know, if you stop feeding your physical body, you get sick and die. If you stop feeding your spiritual body, you get sick and die. When we get our nourishment from the Word of God, we need to stay busy reading and studying our Bibles. There's not anybody who can say, I know enough, and I don't need to study anymore. Uh, Anybody who says that has got another problem that needs to be dealt with. But I think he's right on that. All right. He also says avoiding prayer. And uh, certainly he says if we do not communicate with God and let our requests and needs be made known to him, what else is going to help us? And so we uh, appreciate that. That certainly is a one that uh, 
I guess it, it probably is connected with some of the points that uh, that Anthony made. You know, getting our priorities and our focus out of place, and then the, the prayer and the study begin to, to slip uh, from our, our daily practice. And then he also suggests that a problem we do have in our personal lives, a dumb thing we do, is forsaking the assembly. Hebrews 3, verses 12 through 13 indicates to us the way in which we avoid an an evil, unbelieving heart. The way we avoid an evil, unbelieving heart is by encouraging one another daily. We are encouraged at services, and this verse also shows that we ought to be spending time with Christians as much as possible anyway. I think that's right. I mean, you know, it's a dumb thing for us to to not take advantage of opportunities to be around people who share our same values and who will support and encourage us. We're in a world that's trying to drag us down. We have an opportunity at fairly regular intervals to be around people who share our same common values who can build us up and encourage us. So it's a dumb thing not to be there. I, I like that. I think it's a good point. And, and it, what, it, what we're talking about things are things that hurt us here. You know, all of these things that Eric has mentioned, the things that Anthony has mentioned, they hurt us. We, we <coughs> suffer as a result of doing these dumb things. Appreciate those comments. Exactly right. Do we know where Eric is in Minnesota? I don't. Okay. Eric, we appreciate you being out there. Appreciate your good comments tonight. And then we've got Chris, and I think you said Chris is in Atlanta. Is that right? I think if I've got my I've got my facts straight, I think he is in Atlanta. Okay. He says we spend too much dumb things we do in our personal lives. We spend too much time in front of the TV. He says, I do not have any published statistics, but I would bet, for lack of a better phrase, that most Christians spend several hours a week in front of a television and probably less than an hour in reading the Bible. The consequences of this is frightening. Most Christians could tell you who won Dancing with the Stars, who was the last American Idol, and who was Jennifer Lopez, or who Jennifer Lopez is dating, but would have trouble telling you where you could find scripture supporting a cappella singing and worship. Ooh. I'm telling you what, that's, that, that's, uh. Eric, I mean, Chris uh, cuts to the bone there. I mean, that, that does. I mean, yeah. because I think he's right. I think that a lot of Christians couldn't answer some basic questions about what we do and why we do it that way, but they're very informed about the pop culture. Yeah. And that's a sad thing. So, uh, Eric m- mentions only one thing, but it's a strong one when he, when he suggests we spend too much time in front of TV. Maybe that tells us about our priorities. Maybe you can yeah. do a self quiz there. Ask yourself, uh, you know, do you will you know more about the modern current events than you do about the Bible events? Uh, maybe a good thing for us to think about. Uh, Ed in the chat room says another dumb thing is when we become arrogant and lose our compassion for the lost. Uh, appreciate Ed for yeah. that comment. Yeah, and, I, and and Ed, hang on to that thought. Maybe we'll expound upon it some more because uh, the the fourth area we want to talk about is what some of the dumb things we do in our communities. Okay, because uh, that that is important to have a concern for the lost. All right. So that so we got some really good suggestions, and I uh, uh, we're not we're not compiling a top ten list here, but I think all of the things we've talked about so far certainly deserve to be on the list of dumb things Christians do. All right. And I and I appreciate those who suggested them. Thank you for those comments tonight. Eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven is the telephone number to use. It's toll free. We pay the bill tonight, or send us your emails to questions at collegeu.com. Join in the chat room. Again, no uh, username is needed. You can comment there anonymously tonight. Uh, just type your uh, your comment in the box and hit send. Or if you cannot see the, the chat room tonight, uh, you can find that by looking at the bottom of the video window on our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com. 
and click on it. It'll take you to our show page where the chat room will be on your right. I got an email from Jeff uh, who says not being hypocritical. I think what he what he's suggesting there is one of the dumb things we do in our personal lives is being hypocritical. Okay. And we need to work at not being hypocritical. Okay. Uh, thank you. Right. Thanks, Jeff. All right. Uh, thank you, Jeff, for being out there tonight. We're glad that you're listening as well. And uh, we certainly look forward to hearing from you on the program tonight, wherever you are. Let us know your thoughts. Somebody's asking, Jacob, in the chat room why we take breaks, whether it's required by Ustream or we just do it. We just do it because it's required by us. It's required by us because it gives us a chance to talk off off mic and, and make sure we got our act together for the next 15-minute segment. So yeah, we just do right. we do that for our own it's sanity. Also, I think it's also a benefit for the users, too. Let's everybody reset, and we come back in, and we can just we, – yeah, because yeah, everyone has that, short attendance. That's, that's something right. we've just been doing ever since we started the virtual Bible study five years ago. Right. We've been doing that, taking yeah. a, a short break at every 15-minute interval. Some of it we've some of it has evolved in sort of regular things. Each week, for instance, at the bottom of the hour, we have a new bullet point each week, and so we just try to keep some things going there. But it does give us a little minute or two to chat between ourselves and make sure we're in line for what we're about to talk about. Right, and then the picture gets turned off so we can scratch our head and look confused, and then we come back and we look composed. And, and, so and on the programs where we have technical problems, it gives us a chance <laughs> to iron out our technical well, it problems. Does. It is, it's hard to talk and think about the other things at the same time, and so it just gives us a time uh, to get our thoughts together. And we hope that it gives you time to get your thoughts together and send in your comments as well. Uh, you can use those breaks uh, for a constructive uh, purposes as well. All right, we're talking about the dumbest things that Christians do on the program tonight. We've talked about what we do in our personal lives that is dumb. Uh, what about in our physical families? You know, there's a lot of, well, a lot of pain and uh, agony that's caused in physical families. A lot of of uh, difficult relationships because of some of the dumb things that we do. Yeah, Anthony starts us out by saying, I think, which probably needs to be at the top of the list, the, the dumbest thing ultimately I think that you can do in regards to physical families. Choosing worldly or non-believing mate, uh, that can't be overemphasized. Uh, there's just that needs to be stressed, and our young people need to be coached about that continually. There's obviously no single person in this world who's going to have a stronger influence on us for good or bad than the person we choose to marry. Dumb. And yep. so you choose to marry someone who doesn't have spiritual values, who's not concerned about serving God, who could care less about. The things that you say are most important to you, and that's dumb. We were talking to some friends recently, and they were concerned about their son because he was dating a person who was not a Christian and wasn't interested in the slightest bit concerning serving the Lord and being a Christian. Well, think about that. Why would you care to be in the closest, most intimate relationship of life with a person who doesn't care anything at all about the thing that you say is most important to you? Right. That's just dumb. Well, yeah, I, I spoke with someone not too long ago about uh, someone who was married to a man who was uh, not a Christian, not a, necessarily even a believer in God, not him, him not living as he should, this person trying to live as, as she should, and wondering how do you deal with this person. This person's not even playing by the same rules that you play by. There's nothing there. You've got no common ground how do you how do you get headed the right yeah. way in now, some, sometimes those kind of marriage relationships end up because maybe one mate or the other comes to the truth later in life they're already married and one of them learns the truth and obeys the gospel and then you've got that then you've got that you know kind of tension or difference between them but that that's unavoidable if you were already married before you learned the truth and obeyed the gospel and became a christian but we're especially talking to christians 
who have that option going in. You're already a Christian and you're trying to choose a mate. It would be a very dumb thing to choose a mate that's not a Christian. Certainly. Paul talks about to those who are married to non-Christians that it certainly is possible to live a life Yeah, I think in God. 1 Corinthians 7, right. Paul talked about a situation where some had come to be believers and they were married to unbelievers. So, well, you got to deal with that. Right. But if you if you have that choice, you're thinking of marrying and you're a Christian already, then it's it's just off the chart dumb to think about marrying somebody who's not a Christian. Okay. We need to take a break and uh, get this week's bullet point, but we need to stop the discussion right now and say hello to Peter in Australia. He's listening tonight. Uh, he is the former Peter from Stoke-on-Trent, and he's now in Australia listening right. tonight. Great. So I'm glad that you're out there, Peter. Uh, that's uh, we're 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 very happy here. I guess it's probably tomorrow. He's listening tomorrow then in Australia. I would think in Australia it's already tomorrow yeah. by quite a while. Probably yeah, early in the morning tomorrow. So uh, uh, we're glad that uh, that Peter is out there. We're glad that you're out there, and we look forward to hearing from you. Eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. Questions at collegeview.com. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study continues after this week's bullet point. Enjoying the virtual Bible study? Email a friend during this break and tell them to join in on the discussion. There's more exciting Bible study after this commercial. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's Bullet Point. There have been several studies published concerning couples that live together before marriage. A University of Wisconsin study stated that, quote, couples who live together before getting married separate and divorce in greater numbers than couples who go straight to the altar. Within 10 years of marriage, 38% of those who live together had split up compared to 27% of those who simply married. Some experts are surprised at these findings. For years, they've told us that a period of living together prior to marriage helps to ensure the compatibility of the particular man and woman. This trial period will, according to these advocates, point out any glaring differences in personal taste, living habits, and especially in sexual appetites. These experiments in living together should then guarantee that those who ultimately decide to get married will be the most perfectly suited to one another and their marriage will be strong, healthy, and long-lived. Such reasoning is seriously flawed and these reports confirm what God's Word has been saying for thousands of years. These live-together arrangements and any subsequent marriages are headed for major trouble for one simple reason, lack of commitment. If a man and a woman are unwilling at any point in their relationship to make the total commitment that marriage Marriage requires, as we say, for better or worse, in sickness and in health, for richer, for poorer, etc., then they have no business together at all. The Bible says this living together is fornication and will damn one's soul to hell. Read 1 Corinthians 6, verses 9 through 11. So as in all things, we see that following God's instructions are best for both this current life as well as the life which is to come. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. My name is Cole, and I'm eight years old. My name is Thomas, and I'm seven years old. And our families love to listen to the virtual Bible study. Use your Internet connection for something good. Listen to the virtual Bible study every week. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the virtual Bible study. We'll remind you this program is brought to you by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more about us, what we believe, what we practice, by visiting our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com or collegeview.com. Or if you're in the Columbia, Tennessee area, come and visit with the College View Church of Christ at your earliest convenience. We meet on Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m., Sunday evening at 6 p.m., and Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. We look forward to you visiting with us if you are in our area. We're looking forward to hearing from you on the program tonight as we talk about dumb things that Christians do. And certainly we've enumerated several, (coughs) and the list keeps on going. Yeah, we've got some more things from Anthony talking about things, dumb things we do in our personal, I mean in our family lives, in our family lives. He says, allowing strangers to raise our children. And I've got to believe, although 
Anthony didn't enumerate. Anthony's in the chat room. Anthony, you might tell me in the chat room. I, I, I suspect that you're thinking of uh, letting some daycare employee be in charge of most of the child rearing uh, for your children, uh, letting someone you don't know, strangers, raise your children. Uh, or, and Anthony, uh, you can you can uh, you can correct me. It may be that you're also thinking about maybe expecting the public school system to be the one to provide all the nurture and caring and so forth for your children. You just can't do that. Uh, you've got to be hands-on, directly involved, 24-7, with eyes in the back of your head. And uh, if you allow others uh, to be doing the, the principal part that you need to be doing, then that's a huge mistake. You know, a lot of uh, parents, I think, uh, mistake being a good parent for providing for their children materially, and that is certainly a part of it. That is a very small part of it. The most important part of it is providing for them spiritually. A lot of Christians, uh, sadly even Christians, even believers, want to pass that off uh, to others. And so he, goes on, he goes on to say, in some cases, allowing liberal schools to indoctrinate our children. That's a problem. You know, uh, certainly when, when our kids get to an age where they may be going to colleges and universities, there's an awful lot of secularism in those environments. But, you know, even in... In the elementary grades, in the, in the in the public schools, they're being indoctrinated with things that shouldn't be taught to our kids because they're not even true. I, one uh, someone was telling me recently that uh, their daughter just recently was enrolled in a public school. One of the first things she was taught in a history class of all things was evolution. Yeah, you know, so it, it's just going to happen, and and you've got to be on your toes about that, and you've got to be careful because that kind of indoctrination is happening. All right, eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven questions at collegeu dot com. We need to be aware of that as parents. And we need to be combating it. And uh, certainly, if we fail uh, to combat the influences and pressures that our children are faced, uh, even in their education, we in are the chat failing. room, Anthony clarifies. He, he's saying he's not saying that every Christian must be a homeschooler. Uh, and and Jack adds that public school teachers only do a small part. Uh, we as parents instruct them uh, to be able to return to God. Uh, that's the thing. You got you got to take the principal responsibility and understand it's your job and nobody else can get it done for you you've got to be involved all right absolutely and uh anthony has two more points in this the dumb things that we do as christians the first one is addressed to husbands the second addressed to wives the first one to husbands husbands who abuse their role as head of the family what do you think he means there well i think there i mean god god given arrangement is for husbands to be the head of, of the wife, to be the head of the family, the leader, the spiritual head of the family, and there's some there's some husbands who just abdicate that role. They simply won't do it, or they abuse it and uh, they use it in selfish uh, in a selfish uh, manner to, to serve themselves rather, right, than, rather than serve their their wife and their children as yeah. uh, Christ served the church. That's right. Okay. So husbands who abuse their role as head of the family and wives who neglect their role as keepers at home. Wives who won't be submissive to their husbands mm-hmm. and wives who don't understand that they have a primary responsibility in the home. And again, that's not saying that it, I think it's impossible for a wife to have a, 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 a role or a work outside the home, but her first God-given job is at home. And I think what happens a lot of times is that wives neglect their first job for their second job. And their second job is that one out in the workplace. Their first job is at home, and it's tough to work two jobs 
and sometimes one of them suffers, and unfortunately, the one that typically suffers is the one at home. Okay. All right. Thank you, Anthony, for those. Uh, we, those we're going to have to hustle, Jake. I don't know if we should say good comments. They're bad comments. They're bad things that we do, but they're good, uh, <laughs> thoughtful comments. We appreciate them. Uh, Eric in uh, Minnesota. Uh, says, for me, my family are not Christians. One dumb thing that I have done in the past is say the need for baptism, abstinence from musical instruments and worship, and principles of authority without my speech seasoned with salt. He references Colossians 4, 2 through 6. Instances such as these uh, have perhaps closed doors of opportunity with my family. So he's saying that he has learned, unfortunately, by past experience, that he hasn't been as careful in approaching his family with things that they do need to learn spiritually, but he he hasn't used an approach that was successful. He feels dumb for doing it. And I think all of us probably could sympathize with that. You know, we, we, we passionately want to tell our loved ones what they need to know spiritually, but sometimes we don't have the wisdom to get it across in words that they'll be able to receive. And there's no use in doing it unless we're going to do it in a way that is effective. Um, and so, uh, certainly, Eric, we appreciate uh, those comments. Are you okay over there? I don't know. I, gotta, I think I swallowed a chicken bone. Oh, wow, chicken bone. All right, uh, the next one that, that we do in our families that's dumb, gossip. In many ways, my family is divided due to gossip. Okay, and, and he's going to talk about gossip again when he talks about in the church. Uh, the problem of gossip. Oh. So gossip, gossip's a problem any place and everywhere it happens. It's a problem. Okay. And uh, the next one is rather generic, but certainly has applications uh, to many. Allowing bad habits you have learned from your physical family to affect you all of your life. And uh, and that goes back to the role of parents. You know, parents are instilling habits in wide ranging habits in their in their their children that can affect them all their lives. I mean, down to the just simple. Uh, their study habits of the Bible or uh, or their spirituality, the habits that they have, and then there are more destructive habits that parents pass along to their children. But those, those yeah, things. and you know that that's I, I appreciate Eric for bringing that up because you know we are like our parents unavoidably almost, and that's why parenting is such a challenging job and so important to do it right because all of us can say that I'm like my I'm like my dad. Jacob, you probably unfortunately have to say, mm. I'm like my dad. That's all right. And and so, you know, we're like, we're teaching our kids, and then our kids are following what role modeling they've seen. And that tells parents how important it is to do it right. That's right. But if it's something bad, if if you're if you're if you came from a family in which a lot of bad stuff was involved, you got to break out of that cycle. It's hard, but it can be done. Okay, all right. I appreciate those from Eric in Minnesota and uh, Chris in Atlanta, Georgia, failing to engage in family Bible studies and or discussions. If our children do not see God and a deep love of his word in our lives, how can we expect them to make it a priority in their lives as they grow older? We are seeing the consequences today by the alarming number of young people leaving the church when they leave their parents' house. Okay, uh, so he's saying there that the, the, maybe the dumbest thing that we and this has got to be, this has got to rank way up there high on the list of the dumbest things we do in our physical family is not making spiritual things a priority for us and our kids and following through with that. You know, and so we don't engage in Bible study and discussion. Our children don't see God in our lives and the love of His Word. So how 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 do we expect them? To be the strong Christians they need to be when they haven't seen it in us. All right. All right. Good, Good comments. Good point. Thank you, Chris, in Atlanta, Georgia tonight. And uh, Jeff in uh, Columbia has sent in a comment as well about uh, 
uh, about those who would marry non-Christians. And, yeah, uh, I think and, I think this is what Jeff has in mind in an email he sends. It's always easier for them, that is an unbelieving mate, I think, to pull you down than for you to pull them up. I think that's a good observation and one that people who are trying to choose a mate definitely need to consider. All right. Uh, so we appreciate those comments tonight. And it looks like Dan is having some fun with the cameras tonight. I don't know, Dan. He says that it looks like we're floating on clouds. We can't see that. Uh, what are, you, are you doing anything? to? Uh, da- da- Dan's no. playing okay. with the special okay. effects. Okay. Of it. Okay. Right. Is, isn't it nice that we have time tonight to play with the special effects, the graphics, and rather than scrambling around trying to plug wires into random places? Uh, Dan's hair looks a lot better when it's not pulled out. <laughs> Uh, and so uh, 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. And the chat room is wide open tonight. You can join in there without a username. All right. Well, the, the third area where we want to talk about dumb things that we do, and uh, we're going to have to move quickly here, We dumb things that we do in the church. Anthony suggests doing things a certain way just because it's the way we've always done it. Nothing has to be done the way we do it just because it's the way we've always done it. Unless the way we've always always done it is that way because that's what that's what's ordained of God or what's authorized in His Word. Then we better do it. So, some things are mandated; other right. things are judgment. And in the matters of judgment, we don't always have to do it the way we've done it. If it's a judgment matter, if it's a doctrinal matter, then we've got to do it that way because that's the authority of God's Word. But I think Anthony probably has in mind the idea of you know judgment matters of judgment that we some people if you if you sing. Two songs instead of three before the sermon. Some people get all bent out of shape. There's no, there's no reason for that. That's a judgment. Okay. And uh, a lot of people are, are going to blows over ju- matters of judgment, and I think uh, we'll have to give a recount to God for that. If we're, uh, if we're binding judgment and opinion, then we're binding where God is not bound, and we're going to have to give an account for that. All right. We're talking about dumb things that we do now in the church. Uh, Anthony says failing to discipline errant members. We've in the past, Jacob, we've had. Whole studies in the virtual Bible study about the need for church discipline, but you know there are a lot of churches who don't do that. They don't do what the Scripture says concerning withdrawing themselves from unfaithful members. That's a huge mistake. It's it's disobedient. It's not just dumb. It's just it's disobedient, a violation of the will of God. Okay, and uh, Anthony has gone back on the first one. He's in the chat room tonight under Anthony P. Tennessee. Uh, he says his, the, the, the point you made off of his point that us doing things a certain way just because it's the way we've always done it is, uh, is one, you know, you said it, we don't need to do, demand things just because we've always done it. He also points out there's a problem if we say we're doing things and we don't know why we do them other than the fact that it's just the way we've always done them. Maybe yeah, the things we need we, to be doing, but we don't understand why we're doing we them. We need that to way. know why. Every Christian needs to know why. It's not enough to, to say, well, I expect the elders to know and the preacher to know and we'll leave those kind of things up to them to know and and no we all need to know why we're doing what we do the way we do okay good point all right he goes on and makes another uh, dumb thing that we do as in the church failing to appoint elders when qualified men exist well i think that would be dumb and to the extent that that happens in any local congregation that's a dumb thing if you've got qualified men and you're not appointing them to serve uh, you're missing out on a blessing that God intends for local churches to experience, and that would be a dumb thing. Okay, and uh, you know, I've known of people who did not want there to be elders because then that would mean that there would be someone they'd have to submit to, and they wouldn't be able to call the shots, so to speak, as much. But again, that's dumb because they, 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 they're missing out on something really good that the wisdom of God has uh, planned for us. All right. Uh, real quickly, uh, 
Anthony says, getting bent out of shape when changes are proposed just because of something new, very similar to what we said about doing things the way they've always been done. Some people just don't like any kind of change, even in matters. Of course, the only only areas where we can change are in areas of uh, judgment, but some people get all upset even in those. Uh, he goes on to say, spending more of the treasury on physical trappings rather than on benevolence, evangelism, and so forth. I think that is a growing problem. Uh, we see some churches who are spending just enormous amounts of money on physical facilities, buildings, and so forth. It's not to say it's wrong to have a building. We believe we can we can show scriptural authority to, to have a church building, to provide for assembly. But judgment has to be applied as to what is appropriate. And if we spend all of our money on building some kind of cathedral of some sort or another... And therefore, we don't have any money uh, to engage in benevolence and spreading the gospel and so forth. That's a mistake. It's okay. a dumb mistake. All right. He also notes insisting that all or virtually all benevolence should be done by individuals, even when a fellow Christian has a need. And uh, we do need to be benevolent as a church. And we need. Yeah, to sure and I think I've seen some of that too. I, you know, it, it's certainly we all individually are obligated to be benevolently minded. But the church has authority and benevolence uh, to help needy saints. And you know. I think the church should do that when it's not when there is that opportunity for the church to do that. It should do that as part of God's plan. Okay, I appreciate those comments from Anthony tonight. We look forward to taking yours. We're going to take one more break and then we go to the top of the hour, taking your comments on the dumbest things that Christians do. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study will continue right after this. These guys are doing all of the talking. We need to hear from you. Call in now. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. Do you remember a time when no one had ever heard of a church with a family life center or a gymnasium? Can you think back to a time when good brethren would have been outraged to see a church budget overloaded with kitchen equipment and supplies, athletic equipment, and buses to carry kids to amusement parks? Are you concerned because the church you're attending has gotten all wrapped up in things that you know should not even be a part of the work of the church? Would you like to find a congregation that is committed to simply doing Bible things in Bible ways? If so, please visit us soon. Come and see for yourself. Visit us at the College View Church of Christ this Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. My name is Jack Coleman, a member of the College View Church of Christ. We're glad you're listening to the virtual Bible study, and we hope you'll tell others about the program. We're always open to your feedback concerning topics for discussion and suggestions as how we can make the program more effective. Drop us a line at questions at collegeview.com or call us toll-free at 877 877- Broadcasting around the world with truths that are out of this world. The Virtual Bible Study. Take it away, guys. And welcome back to the program. We're glad that you're listening tonight as we talk about dumb things that Christians do. And certainly we haven't had any shortage of things to talk about, unfortunately. Everybody realizes we do a lot of dumb things. Uh, Jack in the chat room suggests um, one dumb thing. Uh, that we do in the church is to have, for the elders to allow only flowery preaching that tickles the members' ears. There are some churches where the, the preacher is specifically forbidden or he himself chooses not to teach or preach on anything that's controversial. And that's not preaching. As uh, Jack also says, the whole counsel of God. Elders have the responsibility to, that, to see that the whole counsel of God is proclaimed. And it's a dumb thing not to do that. Good point, Jack. All right. Appreciate those comments tonight from Jack. And then we got another viewer in the chat room who says, one dumb thing we do in the church, it comes from Atterbury's book, Slinging Mud on the Bride of Christ. I saw that. I've got that list of ten things that Atterbury had in his book. And I thought that was an appropriate one. You know, 
here we are in the church and we just complain and gripe and criticize all the time to the point that why would anybody want to be a member of the church if it's that bad and all we ever do is complain and gripe about it as Atterbury said in his book, Sling Mud on the Bride of Christ. Why would anybody else want to get involved in that? It doesn't make sense for us to to do that and let others see our discontent with the Bride of Christ. Good we point. wouldn't want other people tr- treating our bride that way. And certainly uh, we need to have respect for the Lord's bride. Real quickly, Eric in Minnesota says, gossip again is a big problem in the church. Gossiping creates division, sows discord among uh, brothers. I think exactly right. Huge, huge problem and a dumb one in the church is gossip. And he says, not reaching out and getting to know everyone. I've been a Christian for about two and a half years, and the church I attend in Minnesota has many members, many of which I still do not know. If all these members are part of the body, I ought to get to know them better. Well, I think you're right, Eric. That's a challenge, especially in larger congregation. It becomes more of a challenge, but we need to take that challenge head on and get to meet. Uh, all of our brothers and sisters in Christ. Okay. Uh, Chris in Atlanta, Georgia. Gossip, gossip, and more gossip. So that's a common theme we're hearing tonight. It is sad to say that members of the body of Christ are some of the most vicious people toward one another that you will meet. If we can't love one another, how can we love those that are lost, those that we are supposed to be reaching out to with the gospel? The consequences are devastating. Not only do we cause division in the body, but we also bring shame and reproach on the body. It is a small wonder that our children are leaving the faith. Many times, all they hear at the dinner table is negativity about members of the church. How many times do they hear that the elders make terrible decisions, the preacher is just too long-winded, and how Sister Jane Doe did so-and-so and and Brother John Doe did such-and-such. Gossip is a cancer that we must combat with love for one another. He references John 13, 34, and 35. Very good point. And that goes, uh, some of his comments there go right in line with what we were saying just a minute ago about slinging mud on the bride of Christ. You know, gossip and slinging mud on the bride of Christ, I, I think those are really dumb things that we do in the body of Christ. Okay. Excellent comment. Uh, uh, Jack suggests in the chat room, we only destroy the congregation when we talk, when we talk like this to others. Okay. So I think he's right. We got one more category that we wanted to cover. What are some of the dumb things we do in our local communities? And we haven't had as many responses on that. Eric says, uh, not doing Colossians 4, 2 through 6. And I think what he especially has in mind there, verse 5, Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, redeeming the time. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. I think he's suggesting not being tactful in our efforts to teach and influence those in our communities. It, it's one thing to teach the truth, but we need to teach it in such a way that people that, that are uh, – some people are going to refuse it anyway, but they should not refuse it on the basis of the fact that our approach was such a turnoff to them. Yeah, this dovetails in with what we talked about last week, about those who are burning the Koran. We need to be preaching against the Koran, but uh, burning it is not the way that we need to be doing yeah. it. Yeah, so I think okay. I think Eric's point is good there. Okay. Uh, he's, he, he, he used a little bit of a twist of a common phrase. He says, not preaching what we're practicing. Usually we say practice what you preach, but the reverse is true as well. How else will the community know about Jesus? We're claiming to live like Christ would want us to live, we ought to be then proclaiming those truths to others. Exactly right. Good comments. Thanks, Eric. And Chris adds, uh, dumb things we do in our communities, acting like the world. Acting, In other words, we act like the world in our speech, dress, and conduct. When we complain, gossip, dress immodestly, and display questionable conduct, we fail to be lights in the world. Matthew 5, 13 through 16. 
Uh, and then he goes on. Okay, that, that's his answer to the last part. I think he's right. In other words, when we're just like the world, they don't see anything in us that deserves to be imitated. Why would I want to be like them? They're no different than me, so there's no real motivation there. You know, and, and just, I don't know why, but when he says we complain, gossip, dress immodestly, and display questionable conduct, failing to be lights in the world, that reminded me of something that we talked about just recently. And I've, I've recently wrote a Bolton article about the, the social networks. Mm-hmm. And on these social networks, when we, when it's reported that Christians are saying uh, things and displaying pictures of themselves doing things that are just wrong and they're not they're not being lights and examples and they're destroying their influence among those that they should be trying to influence for the lord that ought to be a bullet point next week yeah maybe we should okay but uh, you know i think that's one of the problems with the come as you are movement or the uh, the idea that uh, the church you should just the church should accept you like you are there's no need to change you can just continue living the way that you're living and god doesn't require anything different from you why do that? What's the motivation? If we're not going to be different from the world, we have no uh, light to shine. We have no, nothing to in, encourage people to live any differently than they're living right now. Exactly right. Anthony says if Jesus were on Facebook, would he want to be your friend? <laughs> uh, and, oh, uh, another uh, viewer in the chat room says, here's a dumb one for what we do in our community. We look like Christians, but we don't act like Christians. For instance, we pray over our meal at the restaurant but we are hateful to the server or mm, others. Yeah, ouch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Good comment. Exactly right. All right. Um, what suggestions do you have to avoid the dumb things that, uh, that we do in the future? The second question we had was, okay, we've got them enumerated, and obviously we've enumerated a whole host of dumb things that Christians do. What are some suggestions for avoiding those things in the future? And again, as we said earlier, Jacob, if if we don't learn from our mistakes, if we can't not only identify our dumb mistakes, but then take steps to avoid committing them in the future, then the, the whole exercise is, is worthless. What can we do? Okay, well, Eric in Minnesota says a suggestion for avoiding these areas in our life would be training in righteousness, like Second Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17 talk about. Training is something that takes time and effort. Athletes do not become fit overnight, and Christians do not become righteous in all things overnight. Knowing it takes time goes a long way. Another suggestion for avoiding these habits is prayer without doubt, like James talks about. Okay, so let's take a second point first. Pray, pray about it. We, we need to pray for wisdom. You know, there in James chapter 1, uh, James said specifically, if any of you, this is James 1 verse 5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Mm-hmm. So wisdom, I, I think properly designed, uh, Properly defined, wisdom is the ability to apply what we know. Right. Knowing is one thing. Applying what we know makes us wise. And so we need to pray for God for the wisdom to put into practice the things that we know. So we got to first know. we got to learn. we got to apply ourselves. And that's what he said here. Uh, we got to know the word. Mm-hmm. But then we need to develop the wisdom to put it into practice in our lives. Okay. <clears throat> and I like the idea of, you know, like an, train like an athlete. An athlete doesn't become... A world-class athlete just overnight. He has to train and train and train. And if we want to be the best Christians we can be, we've got to we've got to see spiritual training as a priority, something we engage in constantly. It's not going to be an accident. You know, right. some, somebody doesn't fall out of bed one day and they're all all of a sudden an, an incredible uh, baseball player or football player. They train. It's their goal. 
And we ought to make it our goal to eliminate the dumb things that we do. Identify them. Maybe that's part of the praying for wisdom. Identify the dumb things that we're doing and then eliminate them. And it's going to take some time and effort. But we ought to be putting that effort forth. Exactly right. Okay. Um, Chris adds, set our minds on things above, Colossians 3, 1 through 2. Set our priorities on living within God's will. When we have our priorities straight, our actions will follow. We will study the word more diligently, pray more effectively, show love to one another, and share the gospel more. Until we, we truly understand that living to gain more things is futile and understand that eternity is what really matters, then we will continue to be stagnant. Until we truly believe that hell is real, hell is awful, and many, many people are heading there, then our priorities will never be set on things above. The older I get, the more I see how brief this time on earth really is and how all the day-to-day things really do not matter in the grand scheme. Well said, Chris. Uh, It's about prioritizing, uh, seeing the things that are truly most important. That's what we got to do. Okay. Uh, Jack in the chat room. Uh, certainly good comments from Chris. Appreciate those uh, comments, Chris. We've got to keep our focus, our priorities in the right place. Jack in the chat room. Other Christians need to be more active in being part in, a part in the lives of younger Christians. They can also help us from keep from doing these dumb things. Mentoring is a lost art. Yeah, I think you're right, Jack. And I, yeah, it seems to me that there's sort of a tendency on the part of some older Christians to almost act like they've reached spiritual retirement. They, they're not involved. They don't get involved. They, they, they're not, uh, I mean, they're present, but they're not really participating, especially with some who could use their good example and influence. And I think he, he makes a good point. That's a dumb thing to do. When you're older and wiser, younger ones can benefit from your experience and you need to share it. And you shouldn't think that younger ones don't, don't want that influence and don't want uh, you in their lives. They certainly do. And uh, certainly it takes some effort to be a part of that. Yeah, exactly right. All right. Well, uh, we've had a good discussion tonight, and certainly uh, we've had some, well, some shameful things, uh, actually, Dad, that uh, we, we do, that we've done in the past, that we maybe continue to do as well, dumb things that we need to get out of our lives. Yeah, uh, I think it was a good discussion. We appreciate uh, the uh, Clay Gentry. Our friend Clay suggested that that theme might work good for a program uh, based upon uh, a book by denominational author Mark Atterbury, The Ten Dumbest Things Christians Do. And we had that list that he had of ten things. We never even got to it. I think our list is probably just as effective as his. But uh, uh, anyway, it's worthwhile thinking about some of the dumb things that we do and how we can avoid doing them in the future. You misspoke there. You said it was our list. It's actually our listeners' list tonight. That's exactly, exactly and right. And we appreciate uh, our listeners for commenting tonight. And uh this brings up a good point. We appreciate Clay for the topic suggestion. We encourage you to give us a topic suggestion. We're open to topic suggestions. We want to talk about what exactly. you want to talk about. Exactly. And so let us know. And it may be something that we could construct a whole program concerning some question you have, or we might take your question as a part of one of those uh, smorgasbord le- uh, programs we do every once in a while. All right. Uh, Dan, thank you for being on the other side of the Thanks, screen tonight. Appreciate your work. And we appreciate uh, you for being a part of the program Tonight, we hope you benefited from our study and discussion of God's Word. We hope you'll make plans to be back here next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it.
Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.